Technology alone can't solve the challenges nonprofits face, and that's why Neon One provides software that empowers you to manage constituents, all while giving you the resources and support you need to connect to what matters most, your people and their passions. Learn more about how Neon One is helping nonprofits create stronger connections by visiting neonone.com slash weareforgood. Hey, I'm John. And I'm Becky. And this is the We Are For Good podcast. Nonprofits are faced with more challenges to accomplish their missions and the growing pressure to do more, raise more, and be more for the causes that improve our world. We're here to learn with you from some of the best in the industry, bringing the most innovative ideas, inspirational stories, all to create an impact uprising. So welcome to the good community. We're nonprofit professionals, philanthropists, world changers, and rabid fans who are striving to bring a little more goodness into the world. So let's get started. It's Ty Spells Day. It is Ty Spells Day. (laughs) Okay, community. I thought I knew storytelling, and then I met Ty Spells. And so I cannot do a traditional intro because I got to tell a story about Ty. (laughs) And a couple of weeks ago, back in August, we were lucky enough to get to join the Stand Together Foundation's Catalyst programs to watch something they call The Stands. And they bring together 12 of the most incredible organizations who are doing very disruptive and impressive work around the world in an effort to tell that story and figure out how to replicate the framework of that to sort of democratize the ideas and make them run faster. And so we were kind of in the in the vibe. We were we we had a mood walking in. We thought we were coming in to like <laughs> a TEDx style kind of conversation. And it was so much bigger than that. And when we watched these 12 individuals take the stage, it was not like TED Talk because the personal was threaded in there so humanly and so powerfully that the human story ended up being the bookend of the mission story. And as we're watching these stories unfold and we're watching people embrace how uncomfortable they are, how antithetical it is to speak in front of a group for some of these human beings and lean into that as a superpower, it was just something that we were like, we got to figure out who was the story architect behind this. And there was this woman in this fiery Kelly Green, like blonde, short hair, living her best life, coaching and loving these individuals. And I want to put an emphasis on loving them because here were individuals who were scared, of course. It's, It's an intimidating thing to talk in front of that many people. And every one of them crushed it. Nailed it. And they didn't just crush the story. We watched them overcome things within themselves. We saw them step into their power and they brought us all along with them and made us rabid fans of their missions, of which you're about to hear a whole bunch of them on season seven and in this season, <laughs> season six, because we love them and we rushed them and extended them a rose because we wanted them to come tell their stories on the podcast. So today we are delighted to bring the queen of storytelling onto our podcast and figure out how the heck do you do this? So let me introduce <laughs> you and back it up just a little bit. Ty Spells, a senior strategist, a partnership activist 
innovation at the Stand Together Foundation. And she is this incredible, innovative business leader, community advocate, and communications expert who brings people together through principled storytelling, meaningful conversations, and championing organizational goals. And I think the thing that I love about her is that your passion, tie for people, community, connection is so evident in the way that you just connect purpose-driven initiatives to those stories. And it's just been a thread of your entire career. And she believes that storytelling done right can change incorrect narratives, stereotypes, and has the power to shape the future. And so we're going to be diving headfirst into authentic storytelling, brand messaging, community community partnership development, and all the things. But first, Powerhouse, come into our world, sit down at our table, and teach us all your ways. We're so excited you're here. I, uh, one, thank you for like this crazy great intro, but I'm also saying to myself, like, who is this woman Becky's talking about? That's you. That's you. That's you. That is our observation. That was not just your bio. That was our observation. And it was just a really powerful moment for John and Julie and I to sit in this room for two hours and just have our hearts ripped out of our chest and sewn back in in the best possible ways. And we just want to know how you did that. That is just cool. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I would say one thing that kind of think through, I love how you guys said that you rushed the partners because you were so moved and asked them to do something. And at the end of the day, that's our desire. Like, I feel like social impact storytelling done well should not only move your audience, but help them to take an action. And that's the goal. We want them to get connected to your human story, but then make them take action. So the mere fact, I tell people all the time that a story done well should be like a little toppest taste. You want the individuals to come back for a full entree, but make them take an action. So smart. Boom, right out of the gate. I mean, that said, she tone said, and we didn't have to, which is so nice. So, okay, we're going to dive into how you do this. But before we do, you have such a fascinating backstory, and I love the way you tell it. Talk to us about where you grew up, Little Thai Spells, and what kind of led you into this work? Uh, Believe it or not, um, I was born in Pensacola, Florida, but I was raised in Orange Park, Florida with my two sisters. Uh, I'm a middle child. Power to the middle. My mom and dad. I know, I know. Power to the middle. Um, However, in that same breath, I think one thing that really hit home for me that kind of got me going is that my mom and dad, one, were very clear and didn't sell me any dreams. So I was singing this song. I remember singing... Um, Brandy love that in room. my room and I was like I'm going to be a singer <laughs> and my mom's like no you're not <laughs> I love you but no oh okay no you're not and I was like alright touche like I really can't sing but I really loved storytelling and I love public speaking that came very early from like my youth group at the church and all of that and when I told her I was going to be a storyteller or a public speaker she's like that'll work So believe it or not, I don't even think my mom realized, but like just planning that confirmation very early in my career allowed me to feel confident in my ability to engage large audiences and make it feel like a one-on-one conversation, um, regardless of the size. So that has been the emphasis that has helped me kind of shadow through my career. So of course, I started in traveling with middle schoolers, teaching leadership skills in public speaking. I left into that arena and did two years in AmeriCorps, where I went into Title I schools, trying to reimagine what education could look like 
And then that shifted me into higher education, where I worked um, very uniquely in first-generation college students, really navigating how do they develop their unique gifts and talents, but then also excel in higher education while interpreting higher education for these first-generation college students during the whole process. So a lot of that is actually built on relationships. Um, everything that I've ever done, um, the best way I've learned to help someone teach or get connected or believe that they are capable is by, one, making sure that they become impressed with their, their own story. And I do that by just pulling it out and amplifying that. So that is what took me up to Stand Together when they just said, hey, I want you to come on and work with our Calus partners. Um, I started with a different entity kind of helping them navigate through the Calus program. But I realized that we had the opportunity to kind of really build and develop our storytelling capabilities. And so I asked my supervisor if she would take a risk with me. And so you guys were able to see the witness of me developing that um, capability with our team. Um, and that was backed off of me realizing that I had a unique gift and talent in storytelling. I loved it. I had a passion. And I realized that it's not enough to just have a passion, but I can also change the world by helping others develop their craft. Ty Spells. I mean, that makes total sense hearing your journey because I picture you that day watching you interact and it's like, this is a, y'all, I want to set the tone for this. I mean, people are crying in the, I mean, in the audience, these are stories that are (laughs) heart-wrenching and hard and taboo in some settings and like just difficult things. But it's like Ty is like the proud parent there because I see the person sharing (laughs) in complete empowerment and in complete dignity of their story and even giving like beauty to even the darkest, hardest things. And we talk a lot about ethical storytelling on the podcast because we believe it. it's not marketing. It's like, it's your mission. It's how you mm-hmm. actually engage people in your mission and, and, and spread your mission in a dignified way. And I think the way that you empower people and have them have belief in their story is beautiful. And to get to watch that was really beautiful. So could you kind of set the stage for us? I mean, what does storytelling look like in today's digital age? Because there's a lot of ways to show up and there's a lot of, you know, competing forces. What do you see it as? Well, a couple of things. I think currently what I see is you either have, you have blogs, uh, you have these podcasts where everyone is an expert and everybody's ready to engage and create community. You have IG, you have TikTok, you have so many different aspects, Facebook, And so I get to that point because we have a lot of noise um, happening. Some is well done and some is not. However, um, one thing that I really see that does really well when it comes to our current age is that individuals who are holding authentic to who they are. Um, I feel like when there are so many different varieties happening in digital storytelling, rather it be in written or in verbal or just delivering, I can always tell the difference when I am looking at to a human, I am hearing someone's personal story. When I am seeing someone talk about what they have either lived or are currently living day to day, and that is true to them, as opposed to someone who has really um, rehearsed well, what a pitch and marketing, and this is what I'm trying to offer. So I always share one thing I'm hoping when I am looking for strong digital storytelling or storytelling at, at all is you are not trying to sell people on your mission. Um, You're not trying to sell people on why you should be serving 
the people you're serving and why it's important. What you are trying to do is you want to be sharing with people a vision. Invite them to join this community, to join your work. And if it's for them, they will lean in. And if it's not, they won't. And that is when you've hit the right tone for true partnership. You want individuals who wake up and say, I hear myself, see myself in the vision they're trying to create, and I want to be part of that. That is what true human storytelling looks like and feels like for me. Spot on. I mean, that is so powerful. And if you missed any part of that, storytelling isn't a sell. It's an invitation. And when it's done well in Mm -hmm. community, and I also think when you bring others along into the story, and that's what I think the power of social does for us in storytelling. You can tag people. You can bring in thought leaders. And and all of a sudden, it's still your story, but collectively, we're all marching in this way because we all believe in these things. And thank you for saying not every story is for every person. And you know what? That's cool. Mm -hmm. We bless and release those people. Go out into the world, go find the thing that moves your heart. (laughs) So talk to us about some of the barriers people in missions face when they're trying to share these stories with donors or partners or peers or whoever they're trying to engage with. What are some of the missteps that you've seen in your work? I think some of the bigger missteps that I see is one, most people really focus and harp on the problem or the barrier. They don't paint the picture of the vision that they're trying to create. Um, And I think that is key. Individuals can't join in or work towards or connect with you in community or your work if they can't see themselves in the vision. And if you haven't taken the time to paint the vision for them and your storytelling and your website and your work, then that's one a myth. I noticed that a lot. Um, In my past roles and duties, I've also had to connect with leaders to assess what their work is, assess what their mission is, what their vision is. And a typical question I'm always asking, or I have asked in the past when I was in the field often is, what does the world look like if what you do works? If you put yourself out of business, I'm fascinated how many people will always go back to, uh, (laughs) well, so if you can't tell me what the vision or the world looks like, that means you're not articulating it. So how do I know what I'm signing up for to join in on? So I think that's a piece right there is painting a vision for what the world could look like or what your work is working towards. Because then people start to ask themselves, is that a world I would like to see? And then if they say yes, they want to lean in more. But if you skip that part, which is another leads me to my next barrier I think we run into a lot with leaders, is everyone talks endlessly Mm. about the problem. Everyone is like, this is the problem. It's this is the problem. This is the problem. And that's awesome. I think we have to paint the picture of the problem, but a sense of unease doesn't need to be the whole story. And that's where it feels like you're taking dignity out of whoever you're serving or taking dignity out of your work because it becomes like that sad song. And then people are like, yes, that is a problem, but it feels daunting. Or, well, I feel hopeless. I don't know how to engage. So that's why it's so important to paint the vision for what the future could look like or the world could look like, but then only touch or don't solely harp on that problem that you're working to solve for. Um, And then the last thing is a piece that we sometimes see missing is a story of transformation needs to be an entire story. 
Um, you need to tell a story of transformation on why your work has worked or how it impacted your life completely. Um, I always look at it as like you would never look buy a book, open it to the middle of it and start <laughs> reading and say, oh, that was awesome. <laughs> like, but that's what we see often in success stories. If you go to a nonprofit page and you click on our success, they usually either A, say, oh, this person, we did X, Y, and Z. All right. I don't know what was going on yeah. that they were facing in the beginning. I do not know what led them to you. I am also a little confused on what they experienced when they worked with you, but I know where they are now and they are doing better. So you just started at the middle of your story of transformation. Transformation is only clear if I understand what they transformed from. No one would say, I wonder if that butterfly was ever a caterpillar. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows it started somewhere. Now it is a butterfly. Oh, that is so good. Okay, my emoting is even going to be bigger based on what you just said. Because <laughs> one thing, you know, we... Um, you know, we talked to a lot of brilliant storytellers on the podcast and Cheryl Miller Hauser really taught us this beautiful framework that always ends in the uplift. Like that's got to be part of your story. And I'm hearing that in just how you, that vision piece of like how you're lifting up. We're not just sitting in the problem. We're always providing this hope, this bigger picture. And I mean, there's media networks that just sit and talk about problems all day, you know, and it's in our yeah. heads. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. And so I think like as we try to like yeah. cut across and break through the noise, what do you think that, you know, we can lean into now that can make such a captivating story stand out in the marketplace? Because obviously there's so much going on, so much negativity. I know. <laughs> um, I think make it, make it human. Like you guys talked about it. Everything you walked away with, you thought you were going to walk in and experience the norm, which we, we all know, right? Um, but it was something about the human connection, the human story that was possible. And what we always send through is uh, Simon Sinek's work around the why. I just want to, if I want to break down all the noise and quiet it a little bit more, tell me about you individually as a person and then share with me why you do it and what brought you to that. Because I will always meet more people that are doing what you do very similar. There are, everyone's making a car, but then there's a certain difference on like, why did I choose this model? Because there's a reason I um, just went and bought a car recently, uh, last week or so. And so a lot of times I realized there were a lot of options I had to choose from, but then I had to sit down and say, Ty, why do you use your car? What are you hoping to accomplish from that? And go pick your model based off of that. That made all the options get a lot more clearer because I understood my why, and then that's what I was looking for. The same goes for when you are telling the story of your work. Um, there are several people probably doing what you do, but make yourself stand out by making it your own and sharing your why, because that will connect with my spirit, will then therefore make sure that I want to connect more with your work. I mean, what is making it unique? Yeah. Why do you want it to stand out? There are hundreds of thousands of poverty charities out there. What is unique about yours? Where's the human in that story? How do you intersect yeah. with that human? What have you seen, felt, learned as a result of sitting in your position within this nonprofit organization? That is just as impactful to create a bridge to the person who needs to connect with you. They want to know 
are you selling me again or are you presenting me an opportunity because mm-hmm. you deeply believe in it? And I think that's just a difference in the way we show up to storytell. So Ty, we got to break down how you do this. And I love that you talked about activation because we are an activating community and we want to know how you do this. So talk to us about where to mm-hmm. start because you work with some of the most innovative missions in the world to craft and share their stories. Talk to us about your storytelling process. Where do you start? And what are some of the core elements of building that authentic story? Sure. So I think one big thing for me, I want to always start, even in my framing, is one, make sure whoever I am working with leaves impressed with themselves. So I have to remember, this is not about me. It is making sure that they become impressed with who they are as individuals. So that is always what I start with in my framing. The other thing is realize that everyone is walking in and showing up in their own vulnerability. So maybe lead with some of your vulnerability to know that they will be connected and understand that we're in it together. So I always try to start with sharing the same ask that I am asking who I'm coaching to walk in. I want them to understand a little bit about my narrative. I want them to understand a little bit about my why. And then I also want to encourage and make sure that they are reminded that we're in it together. It won't be perfect, but it will be you. And as long as it is you, we know that is what you were created to do, and therefore it will be its best. So that's the first piece of framing that I start with the storytelling. But then the next thing I do is I start wrestling with making sure that my leaders understand that their story matters. Uh, You guys probably hear about this all the time. If you want to see a humbled individual, you find a leader doing impact work. You find a leader doing mission work. What they want to talk about are the people they're serving. They are like, do not, I I cannot, do not make me talk about myself. So I have to put that at ease. I have to make sure they understand people care about people. They don't get so lost in the organization. So guess what? You're the person talking about the work you do. So make sure that they feel connected to you. Make sure that they know who you are. So we're going to wrestle with what's your personal why? What's your personal narrative? And why do you do this for you? What is your personal part? The next thing I do is I would kind of go into the shift of what we were talking about of breaking down what we kind of mentioned on the front end. What's the vision? Like, what's the goal here? Like, how does the world look different? Paint that picture for me. I want to make sure whatever you are doing, I want to assess how does that move forward in the world? Because then you are creating hope. You are making sure that the invitation is working towards a vision as well as hope. The other thing that I would always ask and deal with my partners is, how do we understand the problem? And how do we make that problem human? Numbers, statistics, the same old, same old, it's just that. But human is what connects with individuals. When you look at some of our, our past histories, some of the biggest shifts towards good was the moment people couldn't dehumanize something. No one can turn their way, turn their head away from someone they see as a human and they know they deserve dignity, fairness, mm. and love. So if you're capable, you'll show up accordingly. So make your problem or your solution human for the people or your audience you're serving. And then the last thing I do is 
make your make your pathway or your solution digestible. I don't need to be an expert in what you're doing. I just need to understand a little bit to say keep doing it because I believe in what you're working towards. And I also understand the problem you just shared with me. I notice that a lot of times I'll listen to um, executive leaders talk about their mission work. And then when I say, hey, what does that look like? How does my pathway move forward? They go into the weeds of day-to-day, all of it. What are the pieces? And then we do this and we do that because of this and we do that. (laughs) And I'm always saying to myself, (laughs) okay, okay, (laughs) okay. (laughs) But then the other piece that I'm always thinking is, How would I reshare that? Keep in the forefront of whenever I'm working with a partner, I want your story to become so digestible, so strong, and so authentic. When it's done well, people will tell it for you even when you're not there. And that's what we get a movement. You want individuals to not need you to show up with them at the next dinner party. We want them to be moved. And what people do all the time, you ever heard that great story? You just said it, um, Becky, when you're like, John was thinking about why he got this car and he got the car because he wanted to be unique. It's brown. This is the point. You told that story for him because it was authentic to who he was and it connected with you. That's what we want our partners to realize. And that's what I'm always working towards. Um, I am trying to make sure that their pathway becomes digestible. It is clear and their story is so strong and so warm that the others will share it for them when they're not in the room. Holy smokes. Whoa. I mean, this, I felt like when we met you, I was like, man, what a gift you are to these catalysts because they're able to walk out and be able to have the confidence, but then just be able to in 10 minutes, take somebody on a journey is a huge gift because that's so translatable into all the different formats to share and connect with people to our mission. But I think what y'all did beautifully is you coach people how to use and channel their lived experience. And for a lot of these founders that were speaking that day, I mean, they came from really painful situations, really tough life circumstances. And I know it's got to be a delicate walk when it's such a point of trauma in life. How do you coach somebody to use that? When to use it? Um, and how to go about threading that into your storytelling? I coach individuals to use that one once they feel safe and secure. I think that's a lot of reason why I want them to understand that, um, I'm going to show up with my vulnerability and what is my narrative and then allow them to realize that one, we don't have to abuse that trauma and we also don't need to publish what's not ready to be published. So if a story or a page in your chapter of life is not ready for published, we don't have to push that. And if you don't feel comfortable even sharing it about someone else, you can ask, Hey, I want to tell pieces of this. And then that's what I'm asking myself is, what are you trying to convey from that? How far, how deep do we need to go through that lived experience to convey what you're trying to convey to your audience? I know that most likely what I'm training for is I want your audience to walk away with emotional connection. Um, I want them to be inspired to think differently. And then lastly, I want them to take an action. I want them to say, hey, I want to lean in a little bit more. Or I also even want them to say, oh, this is not aligned with me, but we need to know that. So a big piece of what I do to make sure that I walk that delicate dance of getting my partners to share some of 
the deepest and some of the most painful moments of their life is that realizing that what you're doing is not for to glorify yourself, but it is to move people to better serve those who you serve. I have never met a leader who understands if I'm able to take that journey through me, I can help more of the people I'm serving than not say, yes, let's go for it. So I think it's that kind of framing and then also just respecting. If it's not ready to be published, we don't publish it. If it's not ready to be said out loud, no need. Taking a quick pause from today's episode to thank our sponsor, who also happens to be one of our favorite companies, Virtuous. You know we believe everyone matters, and we've witnessed the greatest philanthropic movements happen when you both see and activate donors at every level, and Virtuous is the platform to help you do just that. It's so much more than a nonprofit CRM. Virtuous helps charities reimagine generosity through responsive fundraising, volunteer management, and online giving, and we love it because this approach builds trust and loyalty through personalized engagement. Sounds like Virtuous might be a fit for your organization? Learn more today at virtuous.org or follow the link in our show notes. Hey friends, meet our new partner, Gravity. Gravity provides an ecosystem of products to energize, mobilize, and steward your network of believers. One of its products is Community, your force for digital member communities. You know we believe community is everything, and Gravity's community is designed to help take your organization's community engagement virtual and make members feel welcome and connected anytime, anywhere. With its video-first platform, your community can have access to state-of-the-art virtual networking experiences with a personalized feed, a directory to connect with peers, and virtual events all in one place. The Coca-Cola Scholars Foundation is a great example of a community customer who uses the platform to connect, give back, and expand their scholar and alumni network. Its community platform allows members to connect by networking with fellow members and alumni to build relationships and mentorships. Learn how Gravity's community engages employees and in return keeps them happy, involved, enriched, and motivated. Learn more at gravity.com. That's gravity, G-R-A-V-Y-T-Y dot com. Now let's get back to this feel-good conversation. This is the very best to me of ethical storytelling, the way that you just framed that out. Because if, if we're centered on telling the human story, then it starts with honoring and, and, um, supporting that human in whatever they need. And I want to give you a compliment because something I noticed about these incredibly hard stories, two of which we're going to unpack in this season, they're coming listeners, so get ready for it, is you took (laughs) their hard circumstances. They, they, you awakened and they went out there and took things that they felt shame about things that they felt marginalized Mm -hmm. or otherized about, and you made it their superpower. And their superpower Mm -hmm. in that story held the room and it held our emotions and our attention and Mm -hmm. it moved us. Mm -hmm. And the flip, and, and that's what I think I want people to understand as they're listening right now. You have to get into a mindset shift that this is a different way to ask questions. This is a different way to unpack 
what your it's not just about your objective as an organization. There's got to be a co-build here where everybody feels good about it. And if your person at the end feels empowered and they feel brave and proud of what they did, then you've won. And I just think, Ty, what you are breaking down and feeding to us right here is the gold of what I call the the death to corporate robot voice. It is the only way to be Mm -hmm. human when we storytell. And so I want to thank you for bringing that up. I think because people can always tell when it's not genuine or real or feels performative. Um, And not to say that a really strong storyteller is rehearsed, is well-prepared, understands what they are saying, and they have practice. But what they have done is they practice something authentic. They have created something, came from a pure space, and that's what matters. Um, If you would have heard your colleague tell, tell a story and it felt formulaic, prescriptive, you're like, oh, more of the same. You'll either disengage because your mind's like, I've heard this all before. What made you sit back and shift was, hey, this is her. This is her personal narrative. And you also probably asked yourself, hey, if she can do that, what could I be doing in my life? And that's also the power of strong storytelling done well with true intention, because it will make an individual sit back and say, hey, I too could probably do something different, or I too could bring good to this world, or I too could probably further develop my story to help others grow. That's it. And that's why storytelling is mission because it actually does some of those things that you're fighting for, whether that is empowerment or providing dignity or whatever it may be, kind of like at a value level of your organization. So, I mean, Ty, Mm -hmm. we'd be remiss not to give you a chance to storytell. I mean, (laughs) the storyteller here, and you get to work alongside (laughs) incredible philanthropy, but we like to create space. This doesn't have to be a big story of philanthropy. It can be just something that moved your heart or soul and something that stuck with you in your life, what's a moment of philanthropy that you'd share with us? I think a moment of philanthropy that I would share with you. So believe it or not, at Stand Together Foundation, we work with a nonprofit called the Telos Group. And I am so moved by their founder story. So in essence, um, they do peacemaking work. Um, Their mission is to help us understand that we can have differences And we can understand two different truths, but we can hold tension in that and work towards community and we can work towards overcoming barriers that keep us apart and we can still hold true to our uniqueness. Um, And they do that by allowing people to immerse in difficult barriers or tension. Um, They do that through experiences that is always the start of the journey. They take you on. um, They do 10-day trips that go to Israel to look at um, what that work looks like, connect with the stories of those that are from Palestinian or as well as those that are in Israel, and then get to hear the narrative of both individuals. Talk about what has that struggle looked like, but then also what had peace looked like and what has working together looked like. They also have just recently started a deep south um, pilgrimage where they take you for seven days throughout the deep south and They start in Louisiana, then you head over to Jackson, Mississippi, then you go to Selma, Alabama, then you go to Birmingham, Alabama. But in essence, all throughout this journey, you are connecting with community and individuals that are telling stories of their lived experience. 
Um, the beauty that I would say this is why this is one of my moments. In February, I was invited to take the Deep South experience and observe their work in action. And I was allowed to travel with 12 police officers from Tempe, Arizona, um, that represented uh, Black officers, that represented um, white officers, just across the board, leaders of color. Um, with uh, leaders of color as well as white leaders, but in that same breath, those in law enforcement. And we were going to look at how racist played a role in the deep South for black Americans. And what does that look like for us day to day? And of course you can only imagine those officers yeah. were probably a little nervous. They're like, what, what am I about to walk into? But the thing that I loved is that Tellos created and talked about their principles for peacemaking. They also shared and gave them grace. They set the tone to make sure that, Hey, we are all learning here. We are all trying to grow and get better here. And there is, we're not here to tell you how you should feel, what you should take away from this. What I'm asking you to do is hear the stories all throughout and reimagine what hope and peace and change could look like with you being part of the solution that works towards a vision we all dream oh. And by the I end, am I like know, dying are, on the vine over here. Oh, by cow. the end of those seven days, uh, they had police chief, they had different ranks. I was so moved because even myself, I had made assumptions about an officer and I was like, what is he going to learn? And I took that just based off of like tone of how he introduced himself. By day three, they do this key thing at the top. They say, assume someone's going to say something <laughs> stupid, inappropriate or offensive, but then give them grace. Don't assume the negative. The next thing they do is they say, instead of asking someone why they said that or why you feel that, ask them what questions, what led you to that belief? What, what are you trying to convey with that statement? Therefore, inviting them to take part in the conversation instead of pushing on shame or guilt. The next thing they kind of set the tune is they say one of their principles is, hey, your story can be true and the other person's story can be true. However, we can sit in the tension together and work towards growing. So once that beautiful framework was done, by the time I got done experiencing those seven days with those officers who I realized I did not know a lot of cops in my day to day, I felt like I had community. We still text, chat, think about what our next solutions could look like. Um, I have, and the foundation, Stand Together Foundation has worked to build another one of these where we took officers from Arizona as well as from Chicago. Um, I still work very closely with the founders of the Telos Group. And I am so moved by that they don't have all the answers themselves, but they are pushing to keep it going. And the way that the law enforcement, the Tempe, Arizona officers were invited is because a retired officer, Mike Horn, he went on an Israel trip with his church and he came back and he said, we could do this in the South or our country and we could reimagine what law enforcement looks like if we just allow them to get connected. And so he's been the driving, pushing force alongside Telos to get this to every law enforcement, every officer that he can. And that is what spoke to me because not only do I feel empowered and moved by their principles towards peacemaking and their mission, but I also am connected to someone who experienced it 
and is now continue to do it and bringing it back. And then the last thing is that everyone that I encountered on that trip, it was 12 of us. We stay connected. We don't believe everything the exact same. Um, we probably go about things differently. But I saw it in myself and I saw it in them that when we slowed down and just spent more time with each other, learned who we were as people and didn't get so lost on what should be right or what has been the loudest noise or messaging, but allowed ourselves to ask questions and be okay if someone made a mistake, gave them grace, that's when real movement started happening towards peace and breaking barriers. And that moved me. So that was one of my greatest moments that I get to experience. It's a hard thing to navigate a deep South experience as a black female. However, it is very inspiring to do it with officers and see their hearts and minds start to shift and us work towards unity. And doing it in community. I mean, John, that is, that's gotta be my dream job. I want to be a peacemaker. It's like, even though that's your Enneagram, you are the peacemaker. But I, I have to tell you, Ty, that gives me so much hope to know that those conversations are happening, Mm -hmm. to know that people continue Mm -hmm. to stay curious. And I think if there's anything this podcast and this journey has, has taught me, it's that if you can always be open to growing and learning something different and unlearning things that have that have historically separated you from people or kept you from being close to people, mm-hmm. then you are going to be the best version of yourself at the end of your life. And so thank you for that incredible exactly. story. We're moving into the end of our conversation, which makes me super sad, but I can't wait to hear how you're going to bring this home for us because we end all of our conversations with a one good thing. And we wonder what you would offer to our mm-hmm. community as a piece of advice or maybe a mantra. What would be your one good thing you'd offer up to wear for good community? Believe and understand that your personal story matters and you were created and put here to bring about change. And you want to hold on to that. Um, you want to lead with that. And when you do that, you will see God move. That is my one good thing. I always hold true to there's only one Taisha Eliza spell. And God created me to be who I am going to be. So if I keep leading with that and understanding that, good things will happen. Everyone matters. Oracle of storytelling. (laughs) Yeah, what a beautiful, (laughs) beautiful way to round out this conversation. I mean, I know I feel very seen and very built up and just wanting to tap into that power that's within all of us and our own stories. But how can people connect with you, Ty? Like you're going to have this little rabid fan base. What do we do with them? Where do we send them? (laughs) Where do you show up online or how can people connect with you? One, I would send them to um, tyspells.com. That is, if you are excited about potentially saying, hey, this sounds amazing. I would love to work with you or I would love to get connected into seeing what our work could look like. That'd be a wonderful place to start. The other thing is I am on LinkedIn, of course, as Ty Spells, T-Y, Ty and Spells, S-P-E-L-L-S. And of course, I am on Facebook as well. Um, Those are the things that I would do. And I am, believe it or not, guys, Tykeisha Cares on Instagram. So T-Y-K-E-S-H-I-A, Cares, C-A-R-E-S. That is where I am on Instagram, but I will tidbit just in case this comes back around. I am thinking about <laughs> changing it to something that reads Thai spells. So 
when in doubt, guys, go with T-Y, last name spells. You're going to find me on Instagram. But those are the ways to getting connected with me. And of course, I am still um, fighting the good fight and doing great work over at Stand Together Foundation. Yes. Well, we love Stand Together Foundation. Love what you guys stand for. Um, just rooting for you. And I, I, we will be following you very closely in your work because we want to... <laughs> We want to listen to your stories. We want to read your stories. We want to get involved in them. So thanks for awakening our hearts today and just wish you Godspeed on all you pursue. Thank you. Well, I do want to, I would be remiss. Um, I am one of the hosts for our Stand Together podcast and my uh, show is called Perspectives. But one of my questions that I always oh, ask, do it. I love Ooh, turning these tables. And Becky, I know, right? <laughs> Who, all right, like, would I really be what I said if I couldn't have a moment? But I want to ask you, my grandfather always used to say when I was growing up, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. So what is one thing you are standing on and standing for today? I'll tell you one that I'm standing up for this week. Um, I don't know if everyone is watching what's going on in Iran right now. Um, but I'm very convicted by it. Um, there is a massive uprising of women trying to take back their equal rights. Mm. And as the mom of two daughters, I have been watching this very closely and I am in awe of these women who've been oppressed mm -hmm. for decades. And I'm watching these videos on Reddit, as everyone knows, it's my favorite news platform, um, because they're so raw and they're unfiltered. And I was talking about it with my 12-year-old daughter um, earlier this week, and I wanted her to know, you know, that even though we're a world apart, we need to stand in solidarity with these women. Because my my passion, I think everybody knows this, is, is women and girls. I want to support and uplift women and girls, particularly black and, black and brown girls. And so I... Mm -hmm watched her watch one of these videos of these women tearing off their burqas and their hijabs and burning mm. them and then cutting their hair in this act of defiance. And we were talking about how brave that was. And she was like, well, you know, we got to make a gift. <laughs> and I love that she automatically knew that the way we had to show up was not only to talk about it, to make a gift and inspire others to come along. So we did. And um, the Coalition for Human Rights in Iran is an amazing organization. I really recommend anybody go check it out. They're really bringing the media of what's happening that if you care about that is a particular cause like I do. I invite you to come. And, and it was all started because of one woman's story. And a woman who nah. stood up and was murdered and brutalized and tortured mm. for her beliefs. And we, you know, mm -hmm. believe in that uh, everyone should have equal rights. So thanks to my daughter for using that as a teachable example. And that's the story I want to put out today. So thank you for giving me a platform to talk about it. I want more people to know about it. Yeah. And to be honest, before I let John answer the question, Becky, you just did it. One, you started with a personal narrative of something about you and your daughter then you were able to paint a picture of what you would like to see for the world, to have equal rights and be able to walk in that. And then the last thing is you did a call to action. You told the story of the work that you are so moved by without even that organization being in the room. So it is like you did the practice without even recognizing that when storytelling connects with hearts and minds of people, 
People will tell the story for you. And I bet you that organization is going to say thank you because you did that just by being moved personally. And because I went to the school of Ty Spell's storytelling and I figured it out. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I mean, how do you follow the two best storytellers I know right here? Um, There's a lot. Like I feel like I'm growing up, you know, raising three daughters and my son and equity is like this huge conversation at our house all the time. And I love like just having those deeper conversations with them and kind of through the curiosity of their eyes. But I guess my passion that I really stand on is like, I love the opportunity of entrepreneurship and what it does within somebody and what the confidence that it can do and the Mm -hmm. doors that it can unlock. And so the missions that I just really like love advocating for and supporting are those that go and empower people to be entrepreneurial in their own life that gives them dignity, that gives them heart, that Mm. gives them a greater purpose and uses their passions and unlocks it and all those things. So I'm looking at you, Adventure Project. I'm looking at you, Water 4, that put the power in the hands (laughs) of people, women globally and, you know, people throughout the world that want to pour into that. So try to live that out in real time at our house as well to model it to my children. But um, both of those are threads in our house for sure. What a f- that was like the <laughs> like, most sorry, fun guys. little exercise. Thanks for putting us on the spot. I love it. At I the loved end. it. Holy cow. You are such a force for good. I, I just really want to push everybody. Check out tyspells.com. Please go follow Ty. You can follow her thought leadership on LinkedIn. She's just a brilliant writer, orator, connector, and just a darn good human that we are just so lucky to call our friend and ally in this work. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Hey friends, thanks so much for being here. Did you know we create a landing page for each podcast episode with helpful links, freebies, and even shareable graphics? Be sure to check it out at the link in this episode's description. You probably hear it in our voices, but we love connecting you with the most innovative people to help you achieve more for your mission than ever before. We'd love for you to join our good community. It's free, and you can think of it as the after party to each podcast episode. You can sign up today at weareforgood.com backslash hello. One more thing, if you loved what you heard today, would you mind leaving us a podcast rating and review? It means the world to us and your support helps more people find our community. Thanks, friends. I'm our producer, Julie Comfer, and our theme song is Sunray by Remy Borsboom. Rabbit fans have always powered the We Are For Good podcast, but now Rabbit fans can get even more goodness and access by joining Good Friends. It's our listener support community for the We Are For Good podcast. Good Friends comes with perks, exclusive episodes with John and I, including The Good Brief, our new monthly cliff notes of the greatest takeaways and lessons learned from that month, and exclusive AMA episodes where we answer your burning questions and tap our community of experts. Join now or learn more at weareforgood.com backslash friends. We can't wait to see you inside. That's weareforgood.com slash friends.